The Spin-Off Podcast Network. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by SparkLab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about SparkLab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation. Here's your host, Simon Pound. You might have seen the super cute kids' bike seats popping up on mountain bikes, where the little one sits between the arms of the rider and has their own handlebars on the handlebars. The company making them is called Shotgun, with the coolest web address, kidsrideshotgun.com. What you might not have known is that this is a Kiwi innovation, born out of a family wanting to go mountain biking together and a successful pre-order campaign to test the market. From a couple of riding mates turning the idea over together, it's grown to be sold all over the world with new products and a bigger goal to get kids off screens and to ultimately raise the next generation of mountain bikers. To chat the journey, what's involved in growing the product from Tauranga to the world and what's next, co-founder Dan Necklin from Shotgun joins us now. Kia ora, thanks for being here, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for blatting up from Tauranga to, uh, to talk to us today. Um, tell me, what were you up to before starting uh, this business, before it kind of took over your life? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so before before this, I was running a small digital marketing and social media agency in Tauranga with a um, small number of staff and a few clients. And um, yeah, that was keeping me pretty busy for a while. How did it come about? Like, I love this idea of the family wanting to stay together. Oh, well, it came about, I guess, a long time ago for me. I'd been riding bikes when I was young and loved the sport and um, just had so many great memories of mountain biking when I was a kid. And um, I wanted to recreate that for my family. I've got three young boys. They're not so young anymore. but So I really wanted to recreate that experience. And so it came about, my wife and I went over to the Redwoods where we ride and... um, we had our youngest with us, and we just had a terrible sort of time, um, and thought there, mu- there must be a better way. And so, what constituted a terrible time? <laughs> we had a full suspension bike. I had a full suspension bike. My wife had this other bike, which is a hardtail for anyone that's into mountain biking. And um, we had this um, seat on the back of my wife's bike, and my wife wasn't really confident riding with my son, so. I was riding her small bike. She's quite short. So I was riding her small bike and my son was looking at my sweaty back and couldn't see anything. And she was riding my big bike and couldn't manage it. And we were sort of having to split up and I was having to go off riding with my two older boys and she would sort of be left around, you know, at the car park or close to the car park. It just didn't feel right. We thought there could be a better way, you know. And so many of the ways that kids are incorporated with bikes, they seem kind of wild to me. Like you see those people riding in bike lanes with the little caravan out back and you're thinking well 
that looks incredibly risky and dangerous. Like, I'm scared to ride myself in many of those places, let alone drag someone defenceless. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, riding bikes is a risky activity, along with a lot of other ris- risky activities in life. And yeah, there's certainly um, some people who don't have so much confidence on the bike, but the customers that we're sort of targeting, are um, they've got an interest in riding bikes, and you know, they might have grown up mountain biking, or they might have come into the sport, they can see why that sport's awesome, and they want to, you know, they want to help raise a mountain bike kid themselves. And so how did you go about taking that insight that mountain bike seats where the passengers behind the rider isn't a great experience and turn it into this cool seat that pops the little one in between your arms and hanging onto their own bars on the handlebars? I guess the first thing was that I could see there was a problem or an opportunity and I could see that for sure, but I had no way of really making a product. And so um, I talked to my business partner, my now business partner and co-founder, Tom, a good friend of mine. We used to ride bikes together a lot. And we were um, we were actually at Zippy's Cafe in Rotorua after a ride with Tom. And I was just talking about this terrible experience I've had with riding with my family. And um, he just said, oh, we'll just, we'll just make something. You know, we'll just put something together for you. And then sure enough, a couple of weeks later, Tom turned up to my house one evening with a with a bit of a prototype. It was very rough for us to test. Ah, cool. So was it as simple as that? Were there products out there? Like... Was it something that was impossible to find or was it something fun for kind of some mates to pull together? Yeah, there were a couple of options out there already. There was one that I was worried was going to scratch up my nice bike, so I didn't want that one. And then there was another one which was really expensive from the other side of the world and I thought, I don't know if that's going to work either and it's, I'm not sure if it's going to get here and it was a rather expensive. And so that's what we thought, oh, there's a bit of a gap here. Um, and Tom's got a product development background so he could pretty quickly see some ways we could make something a little better. What was involved in that prototyping? Like, how did you go about taking it from the idea through to turning up to your house into kind of a product that you um, thought was good to put to market? Well, a lot of riding. We did a lot of riding with my son, Isaac. He was three at the time. Um, And then Tom would make little improvements. And then we started talking to a couple of local bike shops as well and presented them the concept and said, you know, what do you think of this? Would you use it? Could you sell it? You know, what would that kind of look like? And it sort of started to form the makings of the idea there, I guess, is all, you know, I guess feedback and, and trial and error was the, the real secret. What led you to the pre-order campaign to get going, kind of the Kickstarter-y type campaign? Was that a need to actually get the funding in to make it happen or was it to kind of test the market and get some customers and see see what was out there? It was definitely both. We definitely needed the funding. We also weren't sure if it was going to work, to be honest. We did a little video, actually. It was just posted on Facebook and we were just looking for 10 families, mountain bike families, to try this new product out and we had an overwhelming response and the local paper actually noticed this Facebook post and then called up and said, hey, we want to interview about this new product that you're launching. And we were like, wow, this is really escalated. <laughs> and then they and then they said, to make it sort of a balanced article, we really need to talk to some bike shops about it too. So can you introduce us to one? And so then we'd had one we'd be talking to. And so they, they went and wrote the article and then it was about to go to print. And they said, oh, we need, we need the domain name. We need another website address. And so I'd bought one that night and quickly put a website together. And then the article came out the next day and we had a bunch of people went to their email to, to sign up for the pre-order. So it was definitely uh, about funding, but it was definitely about checking that there was um, a concept there that people wanted. Yeah, that's cool. And so that came together that quickly. And is that the same name that you've run with to now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it was. we were really rushed for the name, to be honest. I think it was rideshotgun.co.nz when we started. Um, and now it's kidsrideshotgun.com. And how did that pre-sale campaign go? It went really well, actually. I think we sold around 50 units, which um, which was great. And um, that sort of funded a production run. Tom will know these details more than me, but I think we, we, we ordered around 300 units that we sort of cobbled together. And then... Um, we used that funds to also um, travel around the, the country. So we sold 50 of those 300 and I put the rest in the boot of my car 
and um, did a bit of a trip around the country to bike shops to um, to see how that would go. When I got back from the trip, there there were no seats there. That's fantastic. And when did the interest from around the world begin? We had a little bit of interest from Australia, I guess, because of proximity. And then um, the rest of the world really was quite deliberate. We could see the opportunity in New Zealand and Australia, and that's when we thought, this is a really big opportunity. We could really go after this. And... That's when we raised a little investment. Now, when did you decide it was an all-in idea? Like how far along the journey or how many sales were you making? I guess I, I forgot to mention this was all happening alongside my other business at this stage. I'd taken some days off work to do my trip around the country to sell the seats. And then it was really when I um, when we raised that investment and I and I sold my other business to really focus on, on this. That was when we thought, man, we're, we're all in here. Let's go for it. What was the strategy? Like how did you get the scaling overseas. Where are you now around the world and how have you built that? Yeah, so most of our sales are in North America and Europe, um, about 80% of our sales. And we've entered markets by um, launching on Amazons and local marketplaces and getting stock over there. And then we've actually employed some um, some part-time marketing people in various markets to help us with language in some of the European markets and in um, the US and Canada. And they've done a really good job of finding people who believe what we believe, that you know, that mountain biking is a great sport and that parents spending time with kids on the trails is an awesome thing and getting into nature is amazing. So we've had these um, people who have helped us connect with industry and find, um, or at least basically create profile in these markets to get the product moving. And is that through distributors or have you, you know, cultivated these relationships yourselves or taken business partners on? Like, how do you go about, especially in a no-travel world, <laughs> uh, yeah, build, building out something that's such a tactile kind of product. We were lucky to do a little bit of travel just before COVID um, hit, but for the main part, yeah, distributors have been amazing. So we've got, I think, around 14 distributors at the moment. And so those distributors supply bike shops around the world. Um, so they've been amazing. And then we also sell online as well, and which has been really useful during COVID when sometimes shops have been closed and that sort of thing. And then we're also on marketplaces as well. So a lot of people obviously in the States are familiar with buying on Amazon. And um, that was a really good way to get started because the customers, you know, the eyeballs are already there. It made sense to um, put the product where the people are. And you were already an entrepreneur and your co-founder, Tom, was already great at prototyping and the like. Were you looking out for a product that could grow like this and be something that might be, you know, a great 80% export owner and being used all around the world? We weren't, no. It really just happened. Um, I guess it was just born out of that pain I'd experienced when trying to ride. And um, then we just saw the opportunity. And um, Tom's actually joined into the business now too. So he he, uh, left his other job. And um, yeah, it was just really, really fortunate. I guess a little bit of luck. And even um, George Ezra writing that song, uh, Riding Shotgun as well, which was just after we called the product Shotgun, which was kind of crazy. So just lots of little things like that have really helped us. Yeah, that, that song now, anyone that's heard that is now going to be in their head all day long. <laughs> um, Sorry. How has the scope How is the scope of the business grown over time as well? Because it's gone from being kind of a single product idea to now having multiple products and quite a bigger goal than when you started out, hey? Just actually for a background, we're about three and a half, four years in, depending on how you count it. So yeah, it was just myself for the first year with Tom working after hours and then... Um, we're now around, I think, 14 staff in New Zealand and um, about 10 liaisons around the world as well. It's really, um, your question on the scope is it's, it's just been driven by the demand from customers. We've just had um, overwhelming response and we've had to scale up and learn a lot 
um, and we've had all sorts of crazy challenges, shipments being stuck and held up and um, counterfeit products on Amazon and all sorts of things. So it's just got a little bit more serious um, over the last little while, which is super exciting. Kia ora, Justin Giovanetti here, and I'm the political editor at The Spinoff. This podcast, like so much of the work we do at The Spinoff, is made possible by the support of our members. To find out more about The Spinoff members and how you can help us keep producing quality, independent journalism, visit members.thespinoff.co.nz and do it today. Kia ora, Duncan Grieve here, managing editor and host of another spin-off podcast you should subscribe to if you haven't already. It's called The Fold, and it's about one of my all-time favorite topics, one I've been reporting on and obsessing over for some years now, the chaotic but incredibly exciting and fun New Zealand media industry and scene. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts, and join me for in-depth analysis and interviews with some of the most influential and interesting players in New Zealand's media. Tell me about that bigger purpose that's built into the business now as well, about getting kids off screens. <laughs> well, we really want to raise the next generation of mountain bikers, and we think that it's such a good sport for all the reasons we mentioned before. And um, a lot, it turns out that resonates with a lot of people, and I think it's pretty hard and with our busy family lives these days that we have to carve out time to spend doing things that we like and enjoy and, um, and spend time with our loved ones. So um, I think that's the bigger purpose. Yes, there's definitely a big commercial driver here too, but there's also, it really resonates with what we're doing. And I think if you ask the people in our team as well now, they see what we're trying to do. We've got an amazing team that really get that purpose. What is it about the product, in your opinion, that's meant that it has been such a hit around the world? You know, you mentioned that it's nicer on a nice bike than some of the uh, other ways of clamping a, a seat onto the um, top tube of a bike. Have things like, you know, the growth of e-bikes and those thicker framed bikes and urban commuting and people taking their kids to kindy, are those all kind of factors? Or has it been really tightly in that mountain biking space? We've intentionally focused tight on that mountain bike space, but it's naturally spilled over. If you find um, people with mountain bikes, you know, you've got the weekend warriors and you've got the extreme athletes, and then you've got a lot of families that really use their mountain bike primarily to go around the estuary of the local boardwalk or even commuting or into kindy, like you say. So we've focused on the on the mountain bike interest, and it's gone quite a bit broader than we imagined. And I think as well the thing that's... Um, driven the progress is is the COVID situation obviously we were already growing nicely before then but there's this bike boom that's happening right now you know in a lot of countries one of the only things you can do is walk or exercise with your immediate family or bike you know we've got kind of the bubble friendly product right there so um, that's certainly helped as well. Yeah keep your bubble right right in between your arms. <laughs> that's right. How's it been operating from Tauranga where we've spoken to a bunch of tech companies that are operating out of there, people like Lawview and Swiped On, uh, and um, you're in at the office with, with Have the Swiped On, hey? Yeah, that's right. It's been great. There's a cool little um, startup. Well, I guess those guys don't really start up anymore, but you know, there's some great businesses down there, and um, it's an awesome place to live. Um, it's been excellent. Like we've, um, We're not far from Rotorua, which obviously is super interesting for us with the mountain bike sport. And it's been great. Yeah, Hadley from Swiped On, he, we moved into his office uh, I think around 18 months ago. It was just uh, two of us. And then, um, yeah, we've, we've moved uh, twice since then and we're about to move a third time. That's so cool. And there's a big kind of design and um, creative fraternity down there. 
yeah, for sure. There's um, there's some great creative talent down there, and some and some really good agencies as well. And we've had some great support, not only from obviously the um, the team that have joined us, but also yeah, agencies down there, um, social media agency and our. Our digital agency are down there as well. Um, I'm sure I've forgotten to, to mention some others that, are, that have helped us out along the way. <laughs> You'll hear about it at the next barbecue. For sure. Yeah. And in terms of like growing, you know, your growth journey, having run a business in the past, like what things have you had to upskill and grow to go from, you know, you to 14 people here and partners all around the world and, um, yeah, launch these products and build this brand internationally? Well, I think, I don't know, I'm not sure if I should answer that question because um, Tom's got to take a lot of the credit on that one. So um, Tom and I are quite different. I'm definitely on the creative marketing side and I can see the opportunity and the customer and the fit and all that good stuff. And he's very much on the product and the commercial and the high performance team kind of side of it. So he's definitely driven a lot of the growth. And I guess for me personally, the the biggest change is just going from being in my you know in my little spare room um, to um, all of a sudden having all of these um, people that are all on the same mission and... Um, it's learning to operate in that team dynamic yeah, and realise that everyone is there to help. And I guess the leadership thing is something that's a bit new um, for me. It's normally been just myself and or a small team, so I'm, I'm learning a lot in that space. What would your advice be for people who do have like a, a passion and then they see a product need and they think about uh, launching something themselves? I'll bet lots of people told you, oh, you can't do hardware, oh, you can't do bike seats, oh, it's going to be too... too yeah, yeah the, cla- the big guys will get you. <laughs> oh, the classic one was we had was you, you won't be able to sell enough of those to, to make it work. And yeah, and it, it's obviously we've, uh, we've blown through that, which is great. But yeah, the, I guess my advice would be just go after it. Like there's a lot of people um, that think about taking action, but not so many people that do take action. And so if you can take, you know, massive immediate steps towards whatever you're trying to achieve, and that's you're definitely going to get some pretty quick feedback and then you can um, adjust. Um, whereas to just, uh, I guess, plan and scheme and um, and think of things and not actually implement, that's not as ideal. So, yeah, it's all about action in my, my view. What are the plans for the company now? We're really only just getting started. Even though we've had this crazy growth journey over the last little while, we can see this opportunity to help create this mountain biking with kids category and, and to provide parents with all of the tools that they might need to raise their mini mountain biker from zero to five and so um, we've got a, a bunch of recruitment to do, both locally and offshore. We'd really like to create a, you know, a leading export business here. We think there's a pretty special opportunity to do something, um, something decent. And what will success be for you personally and, and for the company? Like, when will you know Shotgun has landed <laughs> where you want it to land? <laughs> well, I mean, we're already really stoked because we're getting, um, you know, we're doing this cool thing for the world. And we're getting families uh, onto the trails, but... I think if we can build a team and we can build a business that's, um, you know, literally raising this next generation of mountain bikers, if we can have an impact on the sport and an impact on um, parents and families around the world, and if you could go into a bike shop around the world and and see and buy our products, then, um, you know, that's probably a pretty good sign of success. So cool. Thank you for coming and sharing the story today. That's Dan Necklin, co-founder at Shotgun. Kia Thanks for having me. Thank you to Tina Tiller for producing. And thank you very much for having us along and listening. Cheers. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound and brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From The Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring. Brought to you by Spark Lab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. 
And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.